0: Love Talk Radio. Welcome to Let's Talk America with host Shayna Thornton, aired right here on the ever-popular Blog Talk Radio Network. We are excited to be featured live globally. As always, we just open the show to the dynamic tunes of jazz artist John Porter. The song is When the Sun Goes Down, When the Sun Goes Down. It's truly one of my favorite songs, excellent music. We want to welcome everyone to this national show for the entire community. This show is for all of us, no doubt. We bring topics to the table that are relevant and important. We always aim to offer insight, expertise, and helpful solutions that will hopefully impact and shape lives in a positive manner. Stay connected to the show, and please share us with everyone you know. We have a special guest and a very hot topic on today's show. We will be addressing a real topic, the utilization of our community resources. That's right, the utilization of our community resources. When is the last time you took your kids to the local museum? How often did you visit the library this summer? Is any of this really important? You may even be asking yourself that right now. Please do not turn us off. Stay with us. We are having real talk for real people. Our featured guests will truly explain how all of this is tied into the cultural enhancement of the community. Cultural enhancement of the community. We are directly talking about education beyond the classroom. You will be impressed with this upcoming conversation, I promise. Knowledge is power. And listeners, you all know what I say constantly, sharing knowledge is even more powerful. I am proud that we are bringing this platform to you, and I'm even more thrilled that you have opted to join us this Tuesday evening. Listeners of Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton, message everyone you know, text or call or Facebook, whatever you have to do, because this conversation will be truly groundbreaking. Lastly, at the end of this segment, we will feature a musical selection from the ever-popular Henley Varner Band. The Henley Varner Band. You do not want to miss today's musical spotlight. But as always, this show is jam-packed and we only have 30 minutes, so let's roll. We're going to get it started right now. It's shout-out corner time. This is a time where we briefly say hello and express acknowledgments to our loyal listeners and supporters worldwide. First up, Hello, Stacey Smith of Atlanta. Thanks for your support. We so appreciate you. Also, hello to Katrina Perkins. Katrina Perkins uh, out of Macon, Georgia. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you have opted to connect with us. Lastly, congratulations to the newly crowned Miss United States Candace Dillard. She was formerly Miss Washington, D.C. I am so excited for Candace. Keep shining. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Do you want a shout-out from Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton for yourself or perhaps a loved one, a neighbor, or a church friend, whoever? Please share your news with us. Simply email us at letstalkshana at gmail.com. Shayna at gmail.com. Shana, of course, is spelled S-H-A-N-A, and I promise if you share your news with us, I will put your good news on the air. Right now, we will go over our words of inspiration for today's show. This is a segment of the show where I provide quotations and statements I personally find profound. Today, we have words of wisdom from the late, great Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., who once said, everyone can be great because everyone can serve. I'm going to say it again. Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. said, Everyone can be great because everyone can serve. Awesome and beautiful words to live by. Simply put, listeners, keep giving back. Keep serving. Keep shining. Keep sharing your gift with the world. Serve, and you will lead simply by serving and allowing your light to shine. Everyone can be great. I love those words from Dr. King. Let's move right into our exclusive conversation with advocate and educator, Portia Moore. First, a little bit about our distinguished guest. Community advocate, Portia Moore, is the recipient of the first-ever Cultural Heritage Informatics Leadership Fellowship at the Distinguished University of South Carolina, out of Columbia, South Carolina. Library science and informatics and museum management are her special fields of interest. She is the former director of the Arizona Western College Creative Writing School. She also served as poet in residence at the Avery Research Center out of the beautiful Charleston, South Carolina. I'm honored to welcome this highly sought after educator, speaker, inspirational leader to the show. Who are you, Portia?
1: I am fine, Shayla. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, it is truly an honor. Like I said earlier, to our listeners, you're highly sought after. So many people adore you and really respect your opinion, and I want to get right into the interview. Are you ready?
1: Yes, I am ready. Go right ahead.
0: Awesome. Well, first off, Portia, before we dig into the hot topic, tell us briefly about your professional and academic background.
1: Okay. Well, um, currently I am a third-year
0: Doctoral student. I'm a Ph.D. candidate at the University of South Carolina. Wow. Um, I'm
1: located in the School of Library and Information Science, but also I'm earning a certificate in museum management through the McKissick Museum, which is located um, at the University of South Carolina.
0: Wow. And so you've just got an array of experience, because earlier I told our listeners right now that you are a poet, you're a community advocate, but you also come from a professional academic background, if you will, with library sciences and also the museum field. Yes. So, wow. And also, I'm just so excited to have you on right now. I want to dig right into this hot and relevant topic Explain the importance of utilizing our community resources, such as libraries and museums, and tell us why we likely don't realize how precious these assets really are.
1: Okay, Shana, this is actually something that is uh, really dear to my heart. It is so important to utilize libraries, archives, and museums. In particular, our archives, because a failure to support archi- archives equates to a loss of culture it's, and that's so important, especially you know for black people okay um we are living in what's called the information age, yes. we are becoming a fully digitized culture and society, and steadily people are not using paper or creating yes. or saving their material um culture. Um, particularly on paper, and people are using computers more and more, personalized um, mobile devices and tablets in order to create documents and also to kind of curate their lives online. And, you know, all of us technically um, are curators because we are – Um, curating our lives online via Facebook and Twitter and other social media devices.
0: That's true. So
1: uh, back in the day, people wrote in diaries and recorded their family histories. And so for me, that's what's important. Um, You know, we recorded our family histories in Bibles, um, and that way we kind of had something like a written-down legacy of what was kind of um, going on in our family. Um, So the main point that I want to stress to you, though, is that – librarians, archivists, and museums are literally waiting for people of color in particular in order to kind of share these resources and to help create researchers for the 21st century. Um, that You know, we live in an information age that means that information is all around us and it's vital, and, and really in some cases information literally um, is a, a matter of life and death, yes. and actually all of us are archivists. You know, we keep journals and diaries and um, family artifacts. And so the importance of utilizing community resources like libraries and museums, and particularly archives, is because it helps to preserve our culture and our legacy. So if we don't utilize libraries, archives, and museums, we're going to lose important parts of our culture for generations to come.
0: Interesting. So, you're, you, first off, I just want to reiterate what you said and make sure that everyone understands because you just really put out some beautiful and relevant information. So, you clearly acknowledge we live in a digital world, and, and that's obviously right. So much is online. Perhaps a lot of our listeners are listening right now online, accessing us through the website. So, it's obvious that we're surrounded by this information world of technology and everything's digital. But you're saying we're not, let's not count out other arenas. Let's not just get so caught up in sitting in front of our laptops at home in our living rooms or at work at the desk. Let's also explore the other facilities or resources such as archives, which can be found at our public and free libraries and the local museums. Am, am I quoting you right?
1: Yes, and also, you know, people would be surprised to know that there are archives literally all around you within your local um, city, Yes, sometimes within your community. But also we have, you know, a national system of national archives. I want to actually give your listeners a website. The website is www.archives.gov. And if okay. you click on that website, it will actually give you an amazing definition of what an archive is. Yes. It will kind of explain to you how you can kind of be a personal archivist for your family, okay. but also help you to kind of recognize important cultural and historical artifacts that you might have, uh, like, again, books, diaries,
0: okay, any
1: kind of documents, that you can also donate to your local, your local archive or to the National Archive that can help preserve um, – community's legacy and also your family family's legacy in particular archives are essential for um college students and university students because it adds a a, a great dimension to your research because you're literally able to access for free primary documents so imagine if you were going to um If you're a college student and let's say you're a political science major and you want to research a paper about um, a political figure in your state, you have the opportunity to go to your local archives as well as your national archives and pull up that um, politician's... Um, documents and records and be able to use those and cite those in your research. So imagine in terms of being competitive, you are now going to shine as a student in comparison to um, your other
0: classmates.
1: You've taken that extra step to actually use the primary documents that are available to you for free through your local and national archives.
0: And it's all about knowledge and being able to, like you said, position yourself to be the most competitive in any arena. Portia, I want to go back You said a minute ago when you talked about the website and the National Archives Registry and you're saying that we can submit or donate archives that are close to us. And we had a historian on the show uh, a few months back, and she talked about preserving family items and, and, and heirlooms and whatnot. But we also touched on this, the following, where we were like, well, this is my mother's wedding ring. This is my father's hat or a Bible, whatever it may be. But yet we know ourselves. Okay, and if we're just speaking honest and sincere and frank like we do on this show, that a lot of times we say, but my kids don't necessarily care about these items, and I've tried and I've tried, and yet they just don't care. And I'm afraid when something would happen to that person, that perhaps that heirloom, that family treasure will be lost or put in a closet somewhere and not cared about by people. And you're saying here is an avenue to really donate and have your family's heirlooms or precious items preserved and for others to really learn about perhaps the society or the culture of the times we live in. Is that fair to say? It is
1: totally fair to say. Let me give you an example of that. When I was in graduate school uh, graduate school the first time, um, I uh, worked as the assistant to the director at the Avery Research Center. Yes. What was fascinating about the Avery Research Center is that they are both a historic site. They are a um archive which is available for researchers um, across the you know across the world. People come from all over the world to use the, the archives at the Avery. So the archives includes like actual material culture, like um, actual um, slave chains. Okay. actual log, slave logs. Like oh, wow. You actually put your your hands on. But it is also a museum which preserves the culture and legacy um, of the community. So one of the things that I think is, was interesting about the Ava Research Center is that a lot of the collections that they had were literally material that was donated from the community where people recognized, hey, my grandmother or my great-grandmother had in her attic boxes and boxes of old letters or um, memos and um, notes that were taken from her Lynx Community Club or her um, group or church that she was a part of. And those things become very important historical documents that, again, help to build a collection which not only preserves the history and culture of our people but is used as material that researchers can then use to uh, excuse me,
0: augment their research. Yes. So, I mean, obviously it's about cherishing what we have and let's not forgetting it and really utilizing every resource and asset we have. Yes. Yes. Okay, I've got to know this, Portia. Why are some people so reluctant or seemingly not interested, lackadaisical, about taking full advantage of these facilities? You've got to tell us this.
1: Okay, well, one of the reasons why I'm in this field, uh, it's one of my personal, lifelong objectives, is to drastically work on shifting the mindset of people of color, uh, particularly African Americans, yes. and thinking that certain activities, behaviors, and thought processes are things that only white people do.
0: Okay. And I think that comes
1: with some of the reluctance and that kind of um, lackadaisical interest in taking full advantage of libraries, archives, and museums because I don't think people believe that they are true stakeholders in these um, cultural heritage institutions. Interesting. Um, But the thing is, people of color, especially um, African Americans, need to realize that blacks not only direct um some of the most important and largest museums in the country. Yes. We run entire departments in the Smith, in the Smithsonian. Yes. We are major curators and registrars, archivists and, and libraries and historians working in um in these facilities. And so I think some of the reluctance comes from that. Um you know as a people we bring a rich body of knowledge and experience with us um, to these institutions, and these institutions are actually hungry for our lived experience and expertise. I think another barrier to why some of us are reluctant to visit libraries, archives, and museums is that we kind of really don't understand or know what these institutions kind of do, and I think that's a... um, Partly our fault. We don't always do a great job of marketing or helping to kind of um, debunk or demystify what it is that art museum is and what you know
0: who All right.
1: kind of belongs in the art museum. I think that's some of the resistance. But we know again that we live in an information age, and we know that information is power. And particularly for Black people, information has always meant freedom. Yes, I think that's something
0: that we need
1: to kind of keep. In, in, our, in
0: our mind Well and so in so many words you're saying It is about exposure let's put it out There shows like this, platforms Like what we're doing right now Of letting individuals know that these resources And assets exist and it Is about uplifting everyone Obviously of any culture Or any race and you and I both agree On that and I know that personally and professionally But you're right let's also Acknowledge especially for The youth out there who may say Well no one necessarily looks like me can do that, and we've had many examples of inspirational figures on this show. But just to name a few, it would be interesting or very helpful for young kids to know who John Hope Franklin was. That would help yes. someone who was very uh, instrumental and monumental in the historical field. Also, a current day, a contemporary of, of a colleague or someone in that field would be someone like uh, Lonnie Bunch, who of course is affiliated with uh, the major new uh, facility opening up with the Smithsonian for African American history and culture.
1: Yes, yes. And um, let me also let me say this, too, um, just so listeners can be clear. I think another barrier or kind of um, reason why people are reluctant to, um, expect, in particular when it comes to museums, to not sort of visit and frequent museums, is because, I mean, we can keep it real, in this economy there is sometimes an economic barrier. Okay. Um, but we need to kind of, again, educate ourselves and be aware that nine times out of ten, museums offer free amazing programming all the time. So there's really no excuse to not take yourself, take your church group, take your children, take your friends to the museum to participate in a lot of this free programming that they are begging, they're waiting for people to um, participate in. So just because you might not um, think you can afford it, take a step back, Pick up the phone, go online, and kind of see what free activities are available. And then that way you can kind of get to, you know, introduce yourself to your local museum.
0: Absolutely. And I do want to just follow up right now. When you talked about bringing our kids, our youth, our nieces or nephews or whoever it may be, you know, we often can spend uh, many hours, if you will, planning play dates, uh, spending a lot of money, things outside of the budget. Well, I've got to find this pool activity for the kids or take them to this major Uh, theme park, but we're often missing or overlooking, if you will, the free libraries, because libraries do have lots of different programs that are offered free throughout the week or on the weekends, depending on where you live, and like you said, also museums, different programs that they're having, so when we're looking for play dates for our young people, let's also be aware, and I'm sure you would reinforce this or echo this too, Portia, and looking at these free facilities that offer educational and culture enhancement programs, right,
1: Yes, um, let me, um, I want to talk about some of the benefits of taking advantage of community resources. Please do. Again, with the library, my particular library um, in the city where I live is has actually won a national award for being wow. um, one of the nation's top libraries. Amazing. But um, in general, libraries offer free programming for children in particular, such as storytelling. Um, They offer assistance to new immigrants to this country on everything from how to get your lights turned on to how to um, take free classes to learn the English language. Um, Again, my particular library, the Richland County Public Library, won a national award because they have this amazing um, job resource program that that literally takes adults from step, to find a job. Free classes that are offered on a constant basis. Everything from how to dress for an interview, you can do practice um interview. They have books out with um applications, again tips on how to find a job. It, it's just phenomenal the free the free um uh, resources that are available there. They also offer classes on everything from how to ha um to garden my local okay. my local library offers free classes on everything from traditional japanese tea ceremonies yes. to a monthly jazz um concert free in the library because nice. like, a, like a lunch um jazz concert series yes. um there are also opportunities for students to study in groups or for individuals to come together and play chess yes. um Not to mention there's free um, Wi Fi and access to Blu ray and DVD, free downloads for your Kindles and iPads, and also audiobooks are free. Um, Wow. A lot of really amazing free resources
0: things that and, and and I'm sitting up here thinking okay I was exposed to libraries and museums growing up I was fortunate enough to but you're just dropping some knowledge that I wasn't even aware of all of the uh, benefits that you really can gain from the free county or city libraries yes wow Let me say this, though. um what we are also seeing
1: is that the moment that people Forget about their library, like like you said. I think what you um, started this conversation off by saying um, that people kind of go outside of their home and try to figure out places for playdates and all those kinds of things. But what we're seeing is that when the community does not support their local library or museum, that we what we're seeing around the country is that libraries are closing down, and in some cases. Reducing hours because of lack of visitation. Okay. And we can see a direct correlation between teenage vandalism. Okay. Um, and, you know, and, and other kinds of um, be, uh, behavior, uh, behavioral problems and idleness and the fact that libraries are closing. Oh. Uh, one of the things that I think is also sad is to just see a loss of jobs. There are great opportunities for adults and sometimes teenagers to go into the museum and library profession. Yes. But you see a loss of jobs, which you know greatly impacts the economy. When you see that the local community members are not supporting the local libraries, mm. amazing job opportunities for people of color in libraries, archives, and museums, and when we fail to utilize our archives. In particular, we see that important documents are kind of left to sit in boxes, not be preserved, because there's simply not enough um, people to process the sheer volumes of thousands and thousands of documents in our archives.
0: Mm, And you are dropping some real knowledge on us. I do want to quickly say that my very first job, if you will, and it was a volunteer uh, in a volunteer capacity, but I was a volunteer at the library, and I was under the age of 10 years old. And it's some of my Mm -hmm. fondest memories and experiences began in the library surrounded by books, and it was a great cultural experience for me. Wow, that's powerful. So, yes, I did want to share that. But we want to quickly keep moving because I do have to bring you back on. This conversation goes in so many different directions because it's real talk for real people. We're talking about our community resources people with community advocate and educator Portia Moore. Portia, explain the cultural and historical relevance of utilizing community facilities that we spoke of, the libraries, the museums, historical sites.
1: Okay um again in particular for me um in the black community our in terms of um historical relevance our education literally meant freedom yes yeah. We were caught in a system of racialized oppression, which meant that in order to be where we are today, we had to take matters into our own hands and start our own libraries and schools in order to go from slavery to our very first black president. Okay. Most people forget that almost all of our HBCUs started as training colleges for African Americans. Our first libraries, schools, and museums started with the black community. What's interesting is that many of the hundreds and hundreds of historic sites and homes today are located on HBCU campuses or have been absorbed by your local um Arts and Humanities Commissions, sometimes by the Park Service, and more in order to be preserved by historians, and they are literally sitting there as as a, another type of your local museum. Mm. Um, so more than likely, that historic home or site that you pass by that yeah. you feel disconnected to is not some distant building that doesn't connect you to your past, but it literally is the thing which brought you to your present.
0: Wow, awesome and beautiful and powerful, powerful lasting words from the community advocate and celebrated Portia Moore. Portia, we've got to get out of here, but again, we're going to schedule you to come back on How Can Someone Learn More About Community Resources or Get In Contact With You After The Show?
1: Okay, well, you can get in contact with me um, at morepa at email sc edu. There's a fantastic link um, that allows you to locate the museums in your community and also to link them by by state. And that website is www that's one word dot com forward slash states dot htm. And there's another uh, Website that I did want to share with you Um, That one is called uh, Museum Day Live It's www.smithsonianmag All one word Dot com And just also for your Members, uh, listeners who are um, Military families There's a wonderful organization called Blue Star Museums which offers Free admission to active duty Military families, that website
0: More, we continue to acknowledge and salute all that you do for the national community. Thank you for being on the show. We so appreciate you.
1: Thank you, Shayla. You have a great day.
0: You do. Everyone, please join us next Tuesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, another hot and relevant show. Right now, we are turning our attention to the Artist Spotlight Time, where we are featuring music from the Henley Varner Band. The band is a multi-talented group out of Atlanta Metropolitan. They offer a variety of styles of music, including pop, R&B, and neo-soul, not to mention jazz. Band members consist of Henley Varner, Emmanuel Burney, Arnold Irving, John Henry, and featured vocalist Sherelle Fortier. Right now, listen in to their version of Funny Valentine. This is a live recording, which is always unique and really interesting. No studio enhancements. The Henley-Varner Band will close out the show. The spotlight is on the Henley-Varner Band. Thank you for listening in. Until next time, America, let's talk. Mm -hmm.